And welcome back, everyone, to another edition of Going for Two, presented by Home Field Apparel. I am your host, Matt Brown. I'm the publisher of the Extra Points newsletter. I'm joined today, as almost always, by my colleague and friend, Brian Fisher. Brian, I I, uh, I hope you're doing okay this week. It's nice to be able to kind of head into a three-day weekend. It is. I mean, I, I guess, you know, when, given that I have two small children, there's no, no such thing as that uh, extra time off. But, uh, you know, it is it is nice. You know, yeah, I know you wrote about uh, burnout here on Extra Points this week, and I, I definitely do kind of feel it this this time of year. But uh, it, it is good to have kind of the, the extra couple couple of hours at least uh, to yourself and uh, be able to free yourself up. I know I've I've been busy, you know, working on the backyard and, and doing things around the house. And uh, it's nice to finally get to have some me time as well. That's, that, that's, which is good. I hope I hope you get to do that. I am uh, I'm going I'm to be I have some some yard work and some some uh, some honeydews to, to set up as well. Like I mean, we, we've gotten pretty into gardening. Um, and uh, now that we have transitioned to a, a one income home, my wife's taken a couple of months off as she figures out what she wants to do next. She's going to go really hard into the into the gardening world, which is I'm excited about because that means, you know, more fresh vegetables for me. Well, you know, we might have to have uh, Michael Felder on of, yes. uh, right from right down the road. He's uh, obviously has the Hand in the Dirt podcast, and he's uh, huge into gardening. And, and I, I would like to get some tips. I'm, I'm reseeding my lawn. I'm, I'm like trying to get uh, trying to get things looking nice. You know, it's it's uh, you know we, we obviously bought our house not too long ago, and you know it's just like uh, kind of the things on the outside certainly kind of add up. I've been putting together like my daughter's play yard. You know, I, I, it's like everything's uh, happening all at once, and it's uh, definitely taking up uh, quite a bit of time when we're not uh, recording these podcasts or uh, doing some stuff for uh, Collegiate Sports Connector, anyone ticker? Yeah, I if, listen, if we want to do lawn talk, the guy, the Chicago area guy we got to get is Adam Kramer. Um, yeah, you know, that's true. We, we can have them both on. We can have, uh, let, let's, if there's a, a turf company out there or uh, some yeah. sort of uh, sod company, hey, if even if you're uh, in like uh, the administrative community and you're like growing on these and you're listening to this podcast, you know, reach out, Matt at extrapointsmb.com or something like that. We would love to have you on and f- get the real tips from the folks that uh, make those pristine grass uh, grow, whether you're at uh, uh, some some 90,000 seat uh, football stadium or, or a soccer field on campus. Uh, we, we will take all tips. That that's is, for sure. That's actually a really good idea like okay siri like re- remind me here later this summer let's do a gardening episode or a turf management episode with turf managers because i'm pretty good i've gotten if i do say so myself i'm pretty decent at growing tomatoes pretty decent at growing peas and, jo- and jalapenos and a couple and you know, some herbs i can build a mean planter box that is within my capabilities as a garbage carpenter my grass looks awful my my backyard looks like the surface of the moon I have I have no idea how to do any of this stuff, but you didn't tune in today to hear us talking uh, poorly about yard working. The uh, the Matt Brown uh, Tool Time podcast is something maybe we can debut to <laughs> extra points paid subscribers later. If you want to hear yeah. me wax rhapsodic about table saws, uh, I, I want to touch a little bit on the on the burnout stuff. We can do that at the end today. In light of of uh, you know some heavier stuff that you and I have had to do uh, and have been working on here for our, our respective parts of D1 Ticker, I want to talk about something that brings us unequivocal joy, a a a a, a, a signpost of the football off season as we head through Memorial Day and, and begin the actual summer uh, that helps us plan our lives, that helps us set up our, our our fall and prepare the world. Brian, I'm here to talk about TV because we have some kickoff times now. We can actually begin to visualize. And plan what our late late fall and summer is actually going to look like, which is which is not an academic exercise if you care about college football. It really is a pretty big deal. 
Yeah, no, I think this is a, an exciting time for fans. I know everybody gets, you know, super pumped about like what, what's, what's going on and uh, you know, when, when you can plan your fall wedding, if, you, if you're a certain type, but like uh, this, this is kind of the, the first early taste of, of football season, kind of like knowing it's right around the corner. Like, you know, we, we got media days and in probably six weeks or so, you know, kind of starting up like, you know, there's just kind of those benchmarks you have during the summer as, as you kind of lead into first the, the halfway part, halfway point between the off season and, and the actual season. And I think everybody's excited to see these kickoff times because it, it does kind of feel, feel a little bit real that we're, we're going to have this 2022 season. And, um, probably the most normal that we're going to have in the last couple of years. And like, I think there's some real excitement over the fact that me knocking um, on wood. Yeah. Yes. There's some, some real excitement, I think over, over the, this season, just given everything that's going on in the sport, it's like, let's get back to some actual football in the field. Let's not stop, start talking about NIL. Let's not start talking about uh, coaches sniping at each other. Let's not stop, start talking about uh, schedules changing around. Like uh, let's, let's get some actual football being played. And I think we're, we're almost there. Yeah, we should. I mean, listen, to be clear, I make my living writing about those other things. So I do want you to talk about those, but those don't exist without football. Um, Brian, I recognize that this is not entirely set in stone right now, but do you know, well, I'm sure you do because you talked about it before I hit the record button, but play, viewer at home, play along with me. Do you know the very first college football game scheduled to kick off as of right now on Saturday, August 27th? Uh, as of right now, uh, we'll, we'll say that's uh, always subject to change, but I believe we're going across the pond for uh, Nebraska Northwestern in good old Dublin, Ireland. D- yeah, Dublin, Ireland, not Dublin, Ohio, not not Dublin anywhere else. This was, of course, supposed to happen uh, d- during the, the COVID year, and we couldn't do that. D- do you know why we are, if we're trying to expand the game of college football, which I think is, is a noble endeavor, football is a lovely game, and... and uh, our, our friends in Ireland who, who have, have follow rugby and follow other sports will be able to understand it a little bit. Why are we sending them Nebraska Northwestern? Why aren't we sending them a good game? <laughs> like this is why this is like why we made the Jaguars like the permanent British team. That's not fair. That's not expanding the game. Why why are we doing this? That that is a question you're going to have to ask both ads. Which you know it's interesting because you know these things are scheduled so far out in advance. And look, I, I know there was the the COVID year, so they had to kind of shift things back. And like, but it is interesting. You have two new ads kind of taking over uh, their respective programs. So you kind of wonder if this is going to be continued for either Nebraska uh, or Northwestern. But it's, a, it's certainly a nice trip, and and uh, it does kind of change things up if you're uh, either of these two programs. Obviously, they they're they're excited about the season, but uh, this is a different tact. And I, I actually like the interna- internationalization of the game that I, I think is coming in college football. I, you know, I, I reported like a couple weeks ago, the D1 Council specifically kind of uh, had, a, had a waiver, uh, a new rule, I guess you could say, that uh, makes it to where you don't have to request so many waivers when you want to do games like this uh, in the international and, and move them to week zero. Um, normally, it's it's not a not a big process at all, but it does take time for your, for your compliance office or your football program to kind of get those those T's crossed and, and I's dotted to, to play these games. And, um, you know, I think for, for a lot of leagues out there, we, we've heard about, uh, we, we already seen Pac-12 playing uh, Australia uh, way back when. I think there's there's some some people maybe looking at doing more of those type of games. Um, you know, obviously the the NFL going over to Europe and, and really continental Europe uh, with a um, you know Tom Brady uh, going to uh, to Munich there. And so like there, there's a lot more I, I think emphasis on where can we grow this game and um, you know truthfully internationalization of, of football is is not just a, a thing for the actual games themselves or or selling jerseys. Like a lot of these schools that they want the brand awareness and I think that's part of the reason why uh, these two teams are kind of going over there you know they, they need to attract those international student athletes yeah they need to attract those international students uh, and who are paying full freight i don't know how many of those are coming from ireland 
I mean, maybe maybe oh, yeah. a couple of them are, right? Traditionally, when schools are trying to recruit international students, you're generally looking at China, Japan, South Korea, some Russia, I've been a lot of Middle Eastern students. There are some from Europe and there are some from South America, but that's that's generally where. this. It's not new to be to, to play games uh, uh, overseas. You're, you're right. I, I remember the, the, uh, the terrible uh, Australia football game. I also remember as a kid games being played in Japan. Not oh yeah yeah right like it would, there, there were there were games in the Tokyo Dome and then the early nineties there was a there was a whole series we used to have a bowl game in Toronto which man I, Toronto feels like just like clean Chicago to me it, it, barely, <laughs> it, it barely feels like like like, like somewhere else I, I I look at this and think all right on one hand it is a legitimately cool experience I think for the football players. This actually came up, I, I think, off air when I was talking to the president at West Texas A uh, West Texas A and M Division II school, and uh, for my, my 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 good friends who are not absolute football degenerates, you might not know this, but the Lone Star Football Conference Division II, most which as you'd expect, mostly schools in Texas, uh, now plays has like a, 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 a conference affiliation deal with Simon Fraser, who is a Division II institution in Canada. So that means that this 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 school in Texas here in Canyon, Texas, you know, way on the you know northwest side of the state, every other year has to go to Canada, um, which is an enormously expensive trip. I, I, I as it's been quoted to me at the Division Two level, because you can't bus to, to British Columbia. <laughs> it's it's over. It's a six figure investment. And on one hand, you might think going to Canada to play a team that no disrespect, Simon Fraser, they they suck. Like it's they're 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 going to get destroyed. Um, that that's not a that's not a, a good use of funds, but also at the Division two level, most of these kids don't have passports. A lot of these kids forget having been to have gone go, forget going to Canada. A lot of them had never been to Oklahoma. A lot of them have never gone more than three hundred miles away from their uh, their their home county. So to have this kind of experience is something that they might not necessarily have again. is is cool. It's educational, like that. It is part of the student athlete experience that that we all talk about and the people that we we interview talk about. And I, I look at this too, like. There's going to be a lot of people on that Nebraska roster that are may never go to Ireland again in their lives, which is awesome. That's true for some of the people that work there. Is it going to be a huge pain in the ass for your like for your football schedule like for the the week afterwards? Yeah. Is it going to be a huge pain in the ass to get all that football stuff to Europe? Yeah. How many Nebraska fans have decided, "Hey, after failing to make a bowl game 3 years in a row, this is the year we make a family vacation to Dublin to go watch what I think is probably not going to be a very good Northwestern team. I mean, maybe some of them. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I. I maybe. I don't know. I. I don't have a take about this. I look at them like. I mean, I'm glad it's happening. I guess, but. Yeah, I mean, if you're a Northwestern and you just uh, you know kind of got got a few donors to kind of pony up for for a big uh, you know palatial new practice facility there on, on the shores, you know, like maybe this is a nice reward to kind of take them overseas and, uh, have, you know, give them the wine and dine experience in, in Dublin. The same with Nebraska. They're in the middle of a, a big fundraising campaign for, for their big football ops building. So, yeah. uh, you know, when you got to raise $180 million for something like that, you know, if you can, can wine and dine and get a few uh, major gifts out of these things, I, I think it's it's certainly a, a unique twist on things. And plus the kind of student athlete experience that uh, you were just talking about. I mean, I think that is part of the reason why they're also doing this. And, you know, look, for, for me, I, I 
I understand kind of going over to Dublin just because there is, you know, there, there are facilities there. I mean, like, I think there is enough interest in, in, in terms of college football and, and, and NFL football that it is new enough for, for folks uh, locally that say, hey, I might check that out. You know, I'm sure ticket sales are, are, are fairly brisk uh, for something like that. But, you know, to me, the, the one unexplored market we really haven't seen much uh, would, would be Brazil. I, I think that if I were a team out there, I would think that you'd go down, actually go south. And from a TV perspective, it works a lot better than, than going across the pond, too. Uh, if you're talking about time zones and all that, you can maybe start start a game even a, a little bit earlier than you normally would. But uh, to me, some of the, the South American markets are really a place where it, it could make a lot of sense to be the next frontier for, for some of these college football teams if they want to go instead of going to uh, places like Ireland. Brian, you what, what a great idea. Everyone should go to Brazil. And, and I, I don't mind telling you guys, like, there is interest in American football. There are there are a lot of NFL fans in Brazil, like not as many as there are in Mexico. That exists. Um, before the pandemic, there, and before I ended up uh, selling to D1 Ticker, like we were actually pretty close as a family to moving to, moving to Brazil for a while. And like having me work on uh, the, uh, on some sports projects there and, and have my kids learn Portuguese because they're probably not going to learn it here in Chicago where there's not that many, many, not that many Brazilians. I mean, obviously... Political developments in Brazil and in the United States and in uh, people's lungs have made that more more challenging. I, I don't want to I don't want to close that door on that, but there are definitely stadiums. There are and, and there are enough uh, American football fans where, where that might be something that I don't know worth worth kicking around. Hey, if you're an AD and you're thinking about doing that, give me a call. I'd like to come. Um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll if if it's in São Paulo, uh, I'll show you around a little bit. If it's somewhere else, I can't I can't help you. Um, let me ask you this, just as a as a philosophical question: Do you pref- would you prefer having a, an actual marquee game in week zero, or or do you kind of like the idea of a nation of college football weirdos gathering together for our first communal experience, being something like Vanderbilt at Hawaii? Uh, I'll take football whatever way I can get it. So it doesn't really matter to me, but you're right. I think it does feel like, you know, this is almost like the, the baseball start, you know, like, you know, major league baseball doesn't really have, they, they've gotten better in the last couple of years, but there used to be a t- you know, time where you'd have teams still playing spring training games. And then like others would actually be on opening day. And yeah. uh, it was always like an awkward uh, time on, on, on the calendar. And it does kind of feel like that for week zero with college football. But, you know, truthfully, I think this is becoming more and more of a thing, especially when there are certain years where you, might not get the 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 bye weeks kind of all lined up and this is obviously a way where you can kind of get that second bye week if you're um you know you're you're playing hawaii or something like that and you know truthfully this 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 calendar kind of question is something that people like the transformation committee have been discussing uh, it, it's obviously been circled around the the football committees and various conferences they've they've all kind of discussed it and, and i think change will eventually be coming a lot of that is going to be tied to the eventual format of the college football playoff and whether things need to be moved up another week i, I think there's I mean, already been talking, uh, you know, in terms of making week zero more of a permanent thing just to give flexibility. I mean, you know, we I, I was talking with some some folks from, you know, the Gulf Coast and they note, you know, there's a higher to, than I average about to bring that up, man. Like climate change uh, isn't going away and hur- hur- hurricane seasons during football season. Things get yeah. things get moved. 
And, uh, you know, like the recently, uh, the, the reason I was, uh, I mentioned that, uh, you know, kind of a higher than average is, is kind of expected this year. Um, and, you know, we, we talk cool. about kind of the, some of the sniping that has gone on between some of these games when they need to get rescheduled or when they need to get postponed. It, it, it is a big deal, a big logistical challenge too, you know, not just in terms of rearranging the schedule, but hotel rooms, all that sort of stuff. And uh, that's not even getting into what's happening you know, on the ground if your community is going to be impacted by one of these storms. So um, everybody has kind of some of these plans in place if, if that happens and being able to just just provide that option you know is something that uh, a, a lot of folks would like to see uh, i i think eventually you know probably in the next three or four years we're probably going to make week zero more of a permanent thing and then i, I think you're going to start to see tv get a little bit more active in terms of the scheduling uh you know it is a bit of a downtime for them on the sports calendar as well um but they they know that the eyeballs are there uh you know when you're going into that labor day weekend and so uh they, they don't really want to take away from that necessarily but you know when you have the opportunity to kind of showcase your program really against a lot less competition uh, I think a lot more schools are going to be raising their hands to play on week zero and uh, we'll get a little bit better games than that uh, Vandy Hawaii game. You know, I mean, I, I, maybe this is my memory playing tricks on me because like we've mentioned, time has no meaning anymore. We, 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 we no, nothing makes sense. I just think I remember watching a lot of like South Carolina, North Carolina on these kind of games or, or in, in, the, in the very, very, very beginning. Um, I don't know if this is just because I have like Reddit brain poisoning or if, if this is you know, or I or because of the way that I'm wired. I do kind of like being able to watch the very first game without any kind of stakes whatsoever and just appreciate. And let's, let's got to be honest, first game of the season is usually pretty bad, even if the teams are, are good, because there's a, there's a ton of rust. It's kind of fun to be able to appreciate that for, for what it is. Looking at week zero, I think the best the, the two the, the best game in terms of like the best two teams outside of Nebraska and Northwestern was like Charlotte and FAU and FAU has not been fun to watch <laughs> like the, the past two years and and, and you know and that's fine and I, as I look into the formal week one over the Labor Day weekend where it's usually Thursday spread out through Friday I I mean through the, the, the Monday I also have appreciated how the bigger name games are dispersed so there's something that even if you are just a casual college football fan there's something that you know all right i want to watch that so when you're not because because so many of the major out of conference games are front loaded in week one it's kind of driving like it's eight games i want to watch right now yeah and they're all at 3 30 right as, as i'm looking here at at the in case you've you've forgotten here you, you, know, you know what the big the, the super big game is on thursday for, for week one right this is, uh, this is a I, 7 o'clock p.m. Um, uh, oh, the uh, Backyard Raw, which we can get into. But, like, I, yeah. you know, you're, I, I do want to go back to just yeah. the week zero. If I were college football czar for a day, like. This is I, what I'm asking. I, yes. What would you I, do? I would almost make make this more of a week for especially the FCS programs, HBCUs. Like, I, I feel like okay. they do need their time in the spotlight. And this would be a great opportunity for them, you know, like to kind of add that filler program around maybe some of those FBS games. Uh, that that do have to go a week early for various reasons. Like I, I, w- I would love to see more attention, especially from a TV perspective on, on some of these games, have more kickoff classics between, you know, battles of the bands and that stuff that usually does end up happening kind of later in the season. But if we could shift it earlier, you know, I, I think that would be a lot more interesting. And then kind of the other idea that, that I know a lot of folks ha- have kicked around is, you know, almost moving you know, the, the postseason bowl games to the beginning of the year. You know, if you had them week, you know, week zero, week one or whatever, where you're matching up teams from, you know, that maybe qualified from last year uh, at neutral sites, that that could be another interesting idea to kind of juice up. Uh, 
uh, these early season matchups and, and really provide some legitimate non, non-conference uh, competition for, for some of these instead of just FBS teams playing their FCS uh, you know, warm-up at X. Um, this is a good point. If I am reading this correctly, which I might not because my friends, it's been a week. I think there's two FCS games also in week zero that are, or that are, that are yeah. relative, higher profile, right? You have Stephen F. Austin and Jacksonville State. Um, I want to say the last couple of years we've had like a, 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 a big name versus big name FCS program. Um, like North Dakota State, I think, has, has, and they've had like some big sky teams play in like in week zero, and people actually watch them. Um, and then you have Howard and Alabama State, which is in Atlanta with the, for your your HBCU showcase. Um, not an FCS football expert, but I can't say like Howard generally is not very good. Um, even uh, compared to other HBCUs. So like this, Deion Sanders is not, and Jackson State are not playing in, in week zero this year. But those are those are games to watch. I th- that's not that's not a bad idea. Like I, I am not saying we should put Alabama, Texas week zero. I don't, I, I don't, I, I think that wouldn't, it would, it would uh, not be good for the consumer. It would not be good for the athlete. It would not be good for everybody here. If if a nation has to the nation decides to watch North Dakota State versus Montana uh, in week zero, sounds awesome. I'm in, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in for it. I'll write a thousand words about it for extra points. Um, that Thursday, seven p.m. backyard brawl. It's good. That, 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 that's which is which between is, which two is, USC quarterbacks, right? You know, between, that's the other funny part, right? We, we get the backyard brawl run. And it's two USC transfer quarterbacks. But well, that, 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 ain't that college football right now in the year of our Lord, twenty twenty two, right? I um I was actually I was talking with a staffer just today who had spent some time in West Virginia and was talking about the place with love in his heart as scary angry and of course this game's in Pittsburgh but like I, I feel like that describes that fan base and this rivalry and that sounds awesome we ha- we we have we haven't we haven't uh, we haven't had that in a minute and like that that is to me feels like a, appointment viewing. Um, on that Thursday, even though I have, you know, did not attend either of those institutions and don't really feel one way or another about any of those, I feel like that's a lot more fun than uh, Penn State and Purdue. Uh, I know, like the Big Ten's, like randomly doing these conference games now in, in week one and week zero. Ohio State played Minnesota uh, last year. That's fine. I'd, I'd I'd rather watch West Virginia and Pitt, who absolutely freaking hate each other. You know, slug it out for forty five minutes. That sounds fun. Yeah, I mean, this is really that that is really kind of the only, I guess, super attractive game. Uh, I, I think Ball State Tennessee could be be interesting, I guess, if, if you want to go that way. I mean, there is uh, Central Michigan at Oklahoma State, but they're all at the same time. They're all at that uh, 7 p.m. It's like sp- spread it out. Guys. I, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not watching SEC. I'm not watching Ball State on, on that Thursday. You can. Uh, That's great. Yeah, I, I, I got to ease into my multi-screen uh, experience in the fall and get, get used to those eye muscles, you know, I, darting from, from I, screen to screen. I can't do it. I mean, I, what, at my workstation here, and you could, I mean, if you're watching this, you could probably see a little bit with my eyes starting around because I have two monitors and it took me, you know, 10 plus years as a working professional to finally adapt to that. I can't pay attention to two football games at once. When I'm watching TV, I'm watching, like it's, when it's college football Saturday in my office, I have my, my TV in here. I have one game. I have my laptop, which will have TweetDeck open so I can be aware of other things. And that's all I have the attention span for. And guys, I have ADD out the wazoo. I don't know how <laughs> I, I see these pictures of people's like battle stations where they got three and four and six. Uh, I I I can't do it, man. I uh, I maybe I need different drugs or something. I don't know. I, I if I if the Vox offices where I used to go on Saturdays used to have uh, you know four TVs set up 
and it would just be me and a couple of the SB Nation people because God knows nobody at Vox.com ever worked a weekend in their life, but I couldn't focus. Okay, I, I, need, I really need the, the one TV setup. My, my oh, hat's I, off to you. You're better at this than I am. Yeah, I can't, I can't do the, uh, it, it gets uh, painful certainly during the end of the season when there's only like that one game on, you're like, and, and you see the commercials, but like, yeah, I, I think it's interesting. My setup is, uh, I do have two monitors, but like one's, you know, kind of the ultra wide ones and, it, and it's kind of curved. And so I just, you know, put as many games as I can fit kind of on that screen. And then it's, it's a lot easier if you're kind of sitting back and you're able to get multiple games within your actual eye shot where you have to, don't even have to move your eyes. That's uh, <laughs> that's, that's my strategy uh, for success there. So, well. Uh, but that's need, uh, that's need, that's some veteran college football watching right there. Yeah, I, I know everybody wants to go with like the the nine TVs on the wall, but then you're like you're having to move your head around and uh, too much action. You got to you got to limit the movement in order to fit more games into your your vision. Phil Steele is like the only person who yeah. could do this, and it, basically his office looks like a control tower from like 1979. He he's somehow watching like Sidwell Friends high school games because he has so many TVs in there, and he seems to be able to do it. Maybe he's a well, higher evolved life form than, than certainly than I am. Well, I, I do feel like my my going back from like a, a, having a TV background and, and just being used to like yeah, you know if yeah, you're in the director's true. chair or whatever you're you're used to seeing so many monitors and so many camera feeds to where you and you got to switch between them. So like I feel like I was you know trained from the start to, to be a college football watcher of, of multiple games. So at least I, I have that in my in my background. But I do think that that helps. And you're right with Phil's uh, setup. He's got like a a nine by nine like uh, you know plexiglass like uh the whole entire setup it, it's it's pretty sweet and uh, he certainly is keeping tabs on on even more than i am uh, speaking of pretty of pretty great setups before we finish kind of digging into some of these other tv updates i did want to quickly tell you about uh, somebody else that's offering some very uh innovative and interesting services to help you get ready for college football this fall that is of course our dear partners our dear friends at homefieldapparel.com who are about to drop a new power five collection it is time for all of us friends to get together and consider Arizona State. Um, there's a lot you can do with Arizona State. That's a that's, it's a it's a color scheme that goes well with a bunch of different clothes. There's a lot you could do when you got the the Walt Disney inspired cartoon devil. You have some weird stuff from the 70s. Uh, you have kitsch. You have decidedly not kitsch. It, it's pretty great. Um, but I don't remember. Did, did you did you used to live near near campus in Arizona State? No, no, but uh, I've I've been in, I've been to Tempe enough times that I certainly know the area. It's it, it is a it is a definitely a unique institution. It is, yes, I very briefly lived there because when I did my when I the, the day after I got my diploma for Ohio State, I got on a plane and I flew to Phoenix and I, I moved into Hacienda Hall at Arizona State and did uh, my student teaching through Teach for America uh, in the Roosevelt District, which is just south of Phoenix. We lived on campus. The, the one thing I, that I can always, and this is also with love, that I, I always think about, I think about Arizona State, is after working 16-hour days as teaching at the end of the week, all of the, of the teachers in our cohort would retire to some bar off campus. And uh, I don't remember the name of the bars. I mean, there's a lot of them yeah. <laughs> Near, nearby, <laughs> There's right? no shortage around there. There's, yeah, there's, there's a couple of those. And what I will always remember is that they had those claw game things, right? But instead of putting in a couple bucks and getting like a stuffed animal or some consumer electronics or candy or something, this bar had live lobsters. 
And so, of course, everybody, after you've been teaching and, and having an emotionally stressful week, you have a couple of beverages. Not me, of course, being a, a responsible designated walker. Everybody else. And like our teachers, somebody won a lobster every week, but we're in a dorm. Like, what are we going to do with one? So you just have a bunch of 22-year-olds like walking back to Arizona State's campus with a live lobster. And it, nothing makes sense. It's 106 degrees outside. Consider Arizona State. A wonderful place, and you can you can show off your love and appreciation for that fine institution and its athletic history by uh, buying some stuff there from Home Field Apparel. I'm wearing some Home Field stuff right now. Um, speaking of things that don't make any sense, this is a rock with a hat on it. Um, actually, it's a rock with a fur coat, not a hat, for Slippery Rock, which is a school. And you're rocking a dog playing golf. Uh, uh, Georgia, you know, in the news, uh, certainly uh, Kirby Smart getting a fat new contract as a result of uh, you know, joining the uh, National Championship Club. A uh, lot, lot going on at, uh, there in Athens. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, so happy I for him. Decided to uh, to go with them uh, for the uh, the whole home field shirt. But, uh, you know, speaking of this ASU collection, like we mentioned it um, on, on Wednesday's pod, you know, like if you're, you're an ASU fan, maybe not too excited about the season. Great way to get that that retail therapy out of the way, and at least you'll be rocking and, and looking clean, even if the team isn't playing too well. I can't stress this enough. If you can't eat your feelings, you should shop your feelings and do that ideally with companies that financially support going for two or uh, or extra points, like our friends at Home Field Apparel. When you do that, use promo code Extra Points to save fifteen percent off of your order. Um, also, I don't think I've mentioned this before, but if you are a super deluxe subscriber to Extra Points, um, you get a free shirt. So if you decide that you really love my newsletter, which I hope you do. I think it's a pretty good newsletter. You, you, you buy the, the super deluxe option. Uh, I will. You can pick out whatever, what, any one shirt of anything you like at Home Field Apparel. I'll buy it and I will mail it to you. Um, and multiple people have done that so far. Um, I also just very quickly want to mention... If you would like to reach our audience of thousands of listeners and viewers for each episode, or the um, tens of thousands, or I get well, not tens of thousands, more than ten thousand uh, subscribers to Extra Points, which includes an audience of diehard college sports fans, reporters, academics, uh, and and industry leaders, you should drop me a note at sales at extrapointsmb.com. It is not as expensive as you think. You've seen how enthusiastically Brian and I shill for home field. Uh, we do it not just because the shirts really are very good, and we love the people that run the company, and some of my ex, my, my old coworkers are there, and it's great. Um, also, you know, they're, they're our sponsor. We can do that for you, too, uh, at sales at extrapointsmb.com. Uh, a couple other TV notes here. I think I, I, I kind of I want to talk about. They've, they've, they've. I, I we have the, the first couple of weeks, and I know ESPN has released their, their kickoff times, and Fox has released their kickoff times, and and CBS has released a couple of those kickoff times. Are, are, are you? Is there anything in like that first weekend or two? You're like, oh my gosh, everything I want to watch is all bumped, uh, kind of lumped in at the same time, or do you think this has been spaced out a little bit more so the degenerates can kind of appreciate everything uh, on that that appears to be a, a big time. Yeah, I, I, the thing that kind of struck me is is outside of that Notre Dame Ohio State game, you know, in, in week one, there, there's not a whole lot of meat on the bone. You know, we're used to just like matchup after matchup after matchup, you know, occurring in, in week one, and, and really the the non conference slate has been you know stellar uh, in, in that opening weekend. And this week, uh, this year, maybe not not quite as much as as usual, and I, maybe that's just a, kind of the the byproduct of. 
uh, you know, kind of the scheduling cycles. And, and obviously you got a lot of conference realignment that, that's happened both kind of when these games were, were initially scheduled and then now coming up, you're, you're going to see schedules changing. Um, you know, I've already known, noticed that, uh, you know, BYU's future schedules certainly are getting a, a little bit cleaned up as they approach that that conference life in, in, in the near future. But, you know, the, there, there's some intrigue, you know, around there. And I think more than anything, you're looking at these TV windows. There's at least one good game per TV window. And, and it really does kind of pick up in, in week two. I think that's when there are some more juicier non-conference games. But, uh, you know, I, I think there's there's a lot of interesting storylines. I mean, you got certainly that, that, that Georgia-Oregon game which is going to be in a lot for, for Pac-12 perception. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I think there's there's going to be a lot, you know, interesting storylines. Obviously, Dan Lanning playing his old team in, in Georgia. That's going to be in Atlanta. Like, I think that's a big one for the Pac-12 uh, in particular. If, you know, even if Oregon doesn't necessarily win, you know, as long as they can be respectable uh, against the reigning national champs. Isn't that spread like 17 points already? I don't, I mean, this is kind of the very early scuttlebutt is that this is not expected to be a championship-caliber Oregon team this season. This is supposed to be kind of the USC or Utah show out of the Pac-12. Well, and you, I, mean, I, I, I think Georgia's losing a gajillion people, but... Yeah. But if you're going to get Georgia, the the time is that first week, right? And, yeah. and I, as much as you know, Kirby Smart's going to be changing things up because because he knows Dan Landing knows the inside of that program. Like, um, you know, there there isn't you know knowing the just the players and and how they practice and how they you know maybe those little ticks that you can kind of take and make you know use to your advantage in terms of designing game plans. Knowing, hey, this 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 left defensive end, we we can go at him, we can attack him with you know pulling guards and like uh, you know outside of you know maybe some some questions at quarterback. You know, I think Oregon they do return quite. A bit they've got some really good linebackers the offensive line should be pretty good um you know i think skill position talent has always been pretty solid there they, they have lost a couple of guys uh, in that area but uh you know they they can be competitive in this game certainly and i think you know for uh, again i think from a perception standpoint if they can at least make this one close um you know, i think it's, it's going to help the pac-12 when it comes to that overarching playoff discussion because face it these last couple of years pac-12 not getting those marquee non-conference wins that, that that's been a problem for them for several years. Um, you do bring up a good point in, the, in that, that very first Saturday that uh, it's not stacked like six games deep at each time slot. But that's also because we moved some of those to Thursday, some of those to Friday. Um, Sunday has Florida State LSU, which uh, is a very good helmet game. And Monday includes uh, and, Clemson. Uh, and FAMU uh, Jackson State as well. Uh, on, uh, yeah, on, which, on which, which is excellent. I am, as you would expect, I'm very excited about Notre Dame playing Ohio State. Uh, a gajillion storylines here, right? Has is Ohio State's defense now at least average after being bad? Uh, not and secretly not just over the last year. You have former Ohio State great now Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman coming back to Columbus. I have no idea who's playing quarterback for Notre Dame, and that doesn't mean like trying to make a joke. That's like I, I literally can't name a quarterback on Notre Dame's wow. roster right now. Um, should be fun. Uh, Arkansas Cincinnati should be fun. Uh, you've got some like anxiety bowls, I think, in the state of North Carolina. You've got UNC playing at app at noon, which is fun. Uh, NC State and ECU is fun. And people may, may not know this. I only know this because I've spent a lot of time in Greenville. ECU football fans don't view anybody in the American as their rival. The people they actually hate are NC State and UNC. Um, for football, the, the the dirty little secret is that every ECU football fan is a North Carolina basketball fan, um, just like like every you know like the Nebraska football Creighton basketball uh, fan. But in football, it's they don't nobody really cares about beating Tulane or Southern Miss or or Rice or whoever's in the American anymore. 
I, I know that not all of them are in the American right now. But well, I mean, that, that's like, an interesting. It's, it's, it's that's, uh, that's 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 the benchmark. That will be there will be some violence. Um, yes, which would be fun. Yes. Which would be fun. I, I, I mean, you, you look at uh, obviously the expectations on that program, given all that they have coming back. You know, like they're, they're be, you're already hearing them touted to win the division and all that. And I think Dave Dorton has has a pretty good team on his hands, but it's all about handling those expectations. And we'll certainly see early. Uh, you know, that that is not an easy uh, kind of opening game because not only is, is the opponent going to be fired up, but you know, I, I think you also got uh, just kind of being on the road for the first time. You know, obviously, even though you might have a veteran team coming back, there's there's always those little nerves you know kind of in that initial game that's why a lot of teams like to open against that fcs opponent at home just kind of get guys used to it there's there's no preseason games in college football you hear that all the time and as much as coaches would like that opportunity to kind of get those walkthroughs done you know understand how you you go to the hotel beforehand like that 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 is not the case you got to hit the ground running especially if you're a team with those high expectations not only to to compete for the division title but you know potentially the acc title as well so uh one of those intriguing games and and obviously talking about ECU been a bit of a trip kind of back to respectability, but uh, they, they have been pointed in the right direction and, and they, they're a fun team. They were a fun team to watch last year. You know, yeah. you hope that that can continue over uh, into 2022 and uh, you know, we'll see the American is itself uh, is a very, you in just intriguing conference. Um, you know, Cincinnati, you would expect them to kind of take a step back, given what they lost from from uh, really the you know the third most draft picks of, of any program in the, in the country. You, you expect them to take a step back, um, but they, they still got some talent on that roster, and uh, you know that uh, Luke Fickle is one of the better coaches around. And uh, you got UCF coming up on the rise. I think they've landed some impact transfers that that can really help Gus Malzahn. So uh, you, you throw it all kind of in the mix, and uh, you kind of add the the looming conference realignment specter that's always going to be. Uh, talked about when, with all these programs leaving I, I think it can make for a very interesting year in the American in particular we are going to spend a lot more time on those because I think I think like we did last year we'll probably do some some conference previews on going for two for football because this I mean this is not a football podcast but football is the the the, the biggest sport as we get a little bit later on in the summer um well, I mean, I, just to interrupt you a little bit, Please. Uh, if, if, if you want to get your football fix now, though, uh, now is an awesome opportunity. You can go on athlonsports.com and, and order your annual preview magazine That's right. uh, for 2022, which uh, we'll be shipping here in, in a few weeks. It'll, it'll be on the newsstands pretty soon as well. So that's uh, another way to kind of get your, your football fix uh, this this weekend and uh, going forward this summer. There are uh, m- multiple contributions there from friends of this podcast besides, of course, Brian. Um there's one other kind of just kind of like housekeeping thing I, I kind of want to flag here uh, before we get out on, on after talking about TV, which I think we'll be doing again. Um, I am going to be in and in, uh, in Atlanta uh, next week. I'm leaving Wednesday morning. I will be there through Saturday at NASA, which is a major conference for academics who are studying sports management. So I point this out because one, chances are some of you are going to be at that conference, too. If you are, come say hello. Uh, shoot me a DM, shoot me an email, shoot me a text. Uh, I'm literally going to talk to like the whole reason I'm going. I, I, I am. I have not done. I have not published any peer review research myself. I'm going to. I'm going to, <laughs> to talk to people. One, two. Uh, there is a little bit of a sales component for, for why I'm going. But the, the biggest reason is to learn more about other research to bring those people onto this podcast and to sh- uh, showcase them on extra points. Um, that means that um, I, I, you know. We don't know what what if I'm going to be able to record while I'm there because hotel Wi-Fi is. But by the grace of God, go we all. So you know your flexibility is is appreciated. But Brian and I are going to be on the road a fair amount uh, in in June, 
uh, to various conferences. So if you're going to be at some of these big industry things, come say hello. Uh, we're going to try to create shows and, 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 and showcase what's going on there in a way that's interesting to you. But that's, uh, that's where we're going to be. If nothing else, I'm excited to go talk to people who are doing some smart research to or putting some data behind some of the things that maybe we've been thinking about. Um, and I'm going to eat something stupid, which is, which is the, 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 the fun part of uh, leaving, uh, skipping town for a couple of days. Should be fun. Should be fun. Um, friends, I, I, I think we want to make this maybe a little bit of a shorter one because you are all running around this weekend. It's Memorial Day weekend. We have running around that we need to do here too. Um, you can, of course, follow the show on Spotify, on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere else that you get your podcasts. We appreciate it if you enjoy what we're doing to leave us positive reviews. Uh, and of course, uh, this is part of the Extra Points newsletter, which publishes uh, every weekday, Monday through Friday, some original reporting, uh, some unique analysis, uh, digging into all of the off-the-field stuff that shapes college athletics. This week, we have written about um, new individual streaming services, like team-specific streaming services that are launching. We broke the news here that uh, LSU and North Carolina and South Carolina and Penn State are going to be adding these services in the next couple of months. We wrote about how difficult it is to get actual data on the NIL market right now. Like, how big is the NIL market? Nobody knows. Somebody says they know, they're lying. Um, we don't really know what the going rate is for a quarterback or a shortstop or a center fielder. We don't we kind of know what the average deal is for a, a social media sponsorship, but even that is a tiny percentage of the or small percentage of the actual whole marketplace. Seems like a seems like a big deal if we're trying to make policy and and, and talk about this whole world. If you don't know some basic questions, and uh, I wrote a little bit yesterday about burnout. Because, friends, I'll kind of leave you here with this. I got like almost 50 emails. This is not an exaggeration. Uh, within the 24 hours after I published that little story from people that work in this industry, adjacent to this industry, and are just following along, they're like, I feel seen. I hear you on this. We're gonna. Uh, there's going to be some stories after NASA on Extra Points and some of our sister publications where you have some actual survey data to talk about this within the athletic industry. It's not just coaches and ADs. It's people making $39,000 a year too. It's middle management. It's the whole spectrum. I love this job. I love this beat. I love the best part of this is when I get to pick up the phone and go talk to people in all these little nooks and crannies of places I don't know about. I talked to volleyball coaches today. I talked to SWAs. I talked to Dobos. I talked to athletes. I, you know, I was talking with a fencer today. I don't know anything about fencing. Like that's awesome. It's 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 a blessing. It's been a hard week, and it's been a hard two years in this world, globally speaking, but also within college athletics. And I am tired. I am tired, which is why I'm drinking an energy drink. An energy drink company should sponsor me. Like they should sponsor us here. I drink enough of this stuff here. I, I would I would gladly shill for your product. But you know, tired in a way that even skipping a couple of days doesn't necessarily totally recharge you for because this this beat is big and beautiful and wonderful and interesting. And it can also be just really fucking depressing sometimes. You'll pardon my French. And like that's and and so is kind of, you know, everything else here. So Friends, I say this not because I want to complain, not because I think you should throw me a pity party or throw any of us a pity party, because we're not breaking rocks, we're not we're, we're not we're not coal miners, we're not, I'm, I'm I'm not at the 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 cancer vaccine factory or anything, but um, if we're feeling it, I know the athletes are feeling it, I know the coaches are feeling it, I know the ads are feeling it, I know your sids and your trainers, and everybody else is, 
We gotta have a little bit of compassion and grab some grab some rest while we can, as we're gonna head in here into the fall. Um, thanks for supporting us. Thanks for watching Collegiate Sports Connect. Thanks for taking a part of our whole ecosystem. Thanks for the kind words and encouragement that I got over the last 36 hours. That means more than you know. Uh, have a wonderful weekend, everybody. And I'll catch up with y'all on Tuesday.